0: In today's podcast, we feature an episode of Contractor Evolution from Breakthrough Academy. In this episode, Benji and Igor talk about critical conversations and break down a five-step process for how to have these that will reduce whatever anxiety you feel about them and facilitate a way more productive conversation for everyone involved. Hey everyone, Benji here. Welcome
1: back to Contractor Evolution. Igor is going to join me in just a second. Okay, so... The Los Angeles Rams, who, as we're filming this, are about to host the NFC Conference Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, have on the wall of their locker room a mantra. And that mantra is, the standard is the standard. It serves as a simple reminder to the team that the standard is non-negotiable. Excellence is self-evident, and it is always the goal. No ifs, ands, or buts. Now, the actual results may miss the mark. Perfection is not possible, and human beings by nature are error prone, and that's okay. They as a team can accept losses. They can accept dropped passes and other missed assignments. They learn from them, they get better, more resilient, and they move on. But what is not up for debate, and never will be, is the standard. Okay. Admittedly, I am a football nut, but let me try and bring this back to our world. Your business is a game of human beings making commitments and then following through. But where the real work begins is the managing of the follow-through. The people in your business are going to make mistakes. They are going to screw up. They are going to have lapses in judgment. They're gonna say and do things that they regret. This much we know is absolutely inevitable. What matters though, is your ability to effectively coach them back to the standard. And this is the hard part. So today's episode is on what we call critical conversations. In other words, how to communicate when the stakes are really high. These are those conversations you know you need to have, but you would rather avoid. Your project manager blows up inappropriately at a customer. Uh, Your journeyman shows up hungover and late for the third time in a month. Uh, your usually excellent subtrade partner messes up their scheduling and pushes your entire project back by two weeks. You cannot and will not build a performance culture, a strong brand, or leaders within without critical conversations. And yet most people, even accomplished entrepreneurs, are terrified to have them. In today's episode, Igor and I break down a five-step process for how to have these conversations. It's going to reduce whatever anxiety you feel uh, about having them, and it will facilitate a way more productive conversation for everyone involved. We've also included a super easy-to-follow, downloadable framework that you can get in the description of this episode. Grab it, print it out, keep it in your office nearby. You are going to need it. I hope you really enjoy this, and remember, the standard is the standard. You're
2: watching Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level.
1: You're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability. You've come to the right place.
2: Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting.
1: Igor, my amigo, what is up, my dude? Hey, buddy. Miss you. How's, how's home? Home's good.
2: It's uh, cold here. I also just got back from San Diego, so it looks like we've both been in the sun, but uh, not so warm in Vancouver, that's for sure.
1: Well, don't worry. Mexico is a terrible time. I'm not having fun. No one's having any fun. You have nothing to be jealous about. Just enjoy the frigid studio that you're freezing your ass off in. (laughs) That's what I like to hear. Um, Awesome. Okay, so today's conversation... Uh, our little our little vacation pod we're doing is about critical conversations, and I think um, I, I think a, a good as good a place as any would be to just start with like what is a critical conversation in your mind? Yeah,
2: so a critical conversation is an important discussion that is had when a really healthy conflict and deep discussion around that conflict can be really beneficial for the organization to, to move it forward. So they typically stem from, I guess, either two people that have different or opposing viewpoints or opinions on a situation or, uh, because performance is simply not meeting expectations that have been clearly laid out. And I think that that's the key point that have been clearly laid out because that's what ultimately has to preface, um, a good, healthy, critical conversation. So, um, you know, I think the important thing to really understand is that conflict it truly is an inevitable part of running a business and of a number of people working together towards a common goal. And um, it really should be expected that these things are going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. in, in every organization I've run, in every different team I've led, uh, there's always healthy conflicts and critical conversations that, that, that absolutely need to be had. So, yeah, it's, it's very normal. Conflict simply means that, you know, people have different opinions on something that, that matters and that they, you know, somebody cares enough to get charged up about it, which, mm-hmm. again, if you're running a good organization is, is going to be pretty normal and, 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 and pretty healthy.
1: Yeah, I think another, um, another feature of a critical conversation is that the stakes are always high, like, they are about behaviors, patterns, attitudes, shortcomings, that are a big deal, a big enough deal that they need to be addressed. And it's, it's important, we'll talk about this later, I think it's, it's important to be able to make the distinction, to have an eye for when something is a big deal versus when something is more of a minor issue.
2: Yeah, 100%. Right? There is, uh, there's so many minor things that happen that that kind of irk us as leaders. Right? We've, uh, I'm sure every single person listening to this can relate. There's so many minor things where you're like, wow, why is that happening? Or why is that guy doing that? Um, none of those kind of things warrant critical conversations. Critical conversations are really centered around situations where there is like a recurring pattern, a recurring issue that's truly affecting the organization in a pretty negative. way way whether it's you know from like the delivery of our promise or the experience of our people or financially um where, where there's like legitimate deep consequences that are that are going to happen if this continues so yeah huge difference between like little things that piss you off and big things that uh, that warrant a critical conversation
1: the the other distinction we should make early too is like a critical conversation is not one of those like st- emotionally charged blowouts think of like a loose cannon leader who's a yeller and a screamer and and uh is probably too comfortable like laying into people over minor upsets. so that and we're going to talk about this but critical conversations are calm cool collected well thought through these are not like reactive blowouts in any shape or form
2: yeah, hundred percent. they're not like super emotionally charged, right? This isn't you reacting to a big thing that's happened. They are they're very premeditated, they're thought through. and there's a lot of intentionality. I think that's the key word, right? There's a lot of intentionality that 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 you would put into it versus um, yeah, the classic like loose cannon leader that would just blow up about a situation. Um, and
1: it's and it's 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 also being okay with some short term discomfort. Like for the long term health of the organization, you like no, nobody loves having these, and they do take a little bit of courage, and you you do that over the short term. you, you step up to the plate when you need to because it is the right thing for the business over the long haul. Um, kind of c- carrying on this trend of like uh, of, of reasons to do them, what are some other reasons why we have critical conversations, Igor?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. So I think people that have pride in in what they do and pride in the brand that you've created, like there's a certain set of standards, right, that are are really deeply important to you to uphold in terms of like the delivery and the experience to our customers and the experience to our staff. And you you have, like whether you, depending on how consciously you think about it, hopefully you do, but whether you do or don't, you absolutely have expectations on the way that that you want to see things roll out. And the reality is, is n- not everyone's going to meet those expectations all the time, right? So you almost like have to do them out of necessity because uh, you know they're they're not all people aren't always going to measure up. So it's a very normal part of, part of uh, part of business. And and really, as a leader, you are in the business or you are in the game of growth and development of people right like Mm. that's a core part of your job description if you are describing like what you do as an entrepreneur to like an eight-year-old child you'd kind of be like well i put good people together and i develop them and make them better people like that's that's the game you're in
1: and and how but how do critical conversations like tie into that exactly the developing part
2: yeah, because people are going to bump up against challenges and are going to have differences in opinions and the differences in priorities of what is and isn't important, right? Like a project manager that's okay losing their temper but is really good at other things is clearly not prioritizing that like relational element and it's your job to lead them through that experience and, and to develop them, right? If you want to be able to uphold certain standards and you're going to work with a... Uh, a large group of very dynamic people, which you're gonna have to as a business grows, like we work in kind of service delivery, in a service delivery type industry, um, you're inevitably gonna run into a lot of situations where, where, where people have different and opposing opinions and deliver to certain standards. So like you, if you cannot grow and develop people, uh, you're, gonna be, you're gonna be in a difficult situation long-term.
1: Yeah and and, and the, but the growth doesn't happen without these do they like like somebody's not going to most of the time sort of do the necessary self-reflection and coach themselves to not lose their cool or to be more te- be more attentive to details you're saying the critical conversation is like the stimulus it's the it's the catalyst for that individual growing themselves and and I think that's on some level why they're kind of scary sometimes. Yeah, and ideally um, it isn't, right?
2: Ideally, everyone can self diagnose and self check themselves and, and stop and be like, hang on, I haven't really delivered to the level of the brand promise. Let me just sit down for 10 minutes and think through why that is and write that out.
1: Some. Yeah, maybe in La La Land, I don't think that actually happens. Yeah, 95% of the, time, of the time,
2: as you already know. Yeah. <laughs> That's that doesn't happen and you it's your job to to kind of initiate that and really engage into it. The question is, is really how do you do it effectively, right? So anyway, the first realization I just want to drive home in the context of this part of the conversation is that it is truly an essential part of you doing your job as a leader and that understanding that you you really have a role within the company, mm-hmm. just like all of your other staff, you have a role. And, um, and it's your job to be able to facilitate really great critical conversations as a part of your leadership tool belt. And, and I say that all like as opposed to being emotionally charged and, and intertwined with other people's feelings and the optics of it and and being scared to engage into it. Like you have a job to do here.
1: Well, so I, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you it's it like you signed up for this right you want to be a business owner you want to call the shots this is part of that but i have to say like both in my experience personally and then observing and working with you know the many 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 entrepreneurs that we do i i think most people don't really like these most people tend to shy away from them there's there's an awareness that it probably needs to happen but there's a fear of of actually following through with it and i wonder if you have a take on that like why do you think people avoid them
2: yeah so like you said earlier nobody likes these primarily because they're pretty uncomfortable right like as people were generally wired especially us here in canada people are wired <laughs> to avoid conflict and to be super nice to each at other at all costs at all costs whether it's authentic or not right so overwhelmingly, the majority of people truly do struggle with conflict. And I think there's a big a close second here. And and as you're listening to this point, I think ask yourself like where am I on the scale here of how worried are you about other people's feelings in the short term? Mm-hmm. And my suggestion here is, is that you gotta look at this entire discussion that we're having around critical conversations from a short-term versus long-term perspective. Cause there's you know, I think that in general people will place too much importance of like the short-term feeling or, you know, am I going to feel uncomfortable in this hour having this conversation, am I going to feel uncomfortable later today as a result of it versus what's like the right thing in the long-term. And I'll tell you, like I come from a very different, and you know, European culture that I think prioritizes that like really healthy and close and connected long-term relationships over the short term, right? Like, we yell at each other and are, like, straight up to each other, right? And and it's okay. Like, there, there's arguing, there's yelling, it's, it's very direct. But we love each other, and, and that's kind of understood and known. And I, and what I've seen just throughout my life and 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 closely being a part of this culture is that um, it, it is better in the long run. And that's kind of what we're talking about here, right? But the reality is is that a lot of people, I think, are worried about the short term... Kind of yeah. negative feelings, so to yeah. speak.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, North Americans for sure. I'm going to really, really emphasize. Canadians seem to be <laughs> deeply concerned about optics and what other people think of them, and I think that that gets in the way of this. There's another um piece to this that's very specific to construction and trades and home services, which is this labor shortage that is mm-hmm. a reality. We've talked about it on other episodes. If you are feeling like talent is scarce, and people are hard to find, and it takes you forever to fill a role. that also exacerbates the fear because because your your mind is going, well, if I address this head on and this employee doesn't like that, and they decide to leave, and they figure, you know what? I could go work somewhere else for the same money or a dollar an hour more, so screw you. I think that that also kicks in, and that's something that contractors, specifically compared to other leaders and other organizations, really, really struggle with that that labor shortage piece. Um, I want to I want to move this along and just talk about like the potential downside. So the the um, the question is like like what's at stake if you don't have these? If you avoid these for you know, time and time and time again. What happens to your business, your culture, your results? What, what kind of negative effects can you expect or have you seen?
2: Yeah, there, there are a lot of them. Um, I think that a leader that doesn't actively step in when they need to, and I think that's the right way to look at it, right, is is you're actively stepping in when you need to. If you don't, um, I think that the quality uh, of the re- of relationships in your business is, is going to suffer long term because you're going to have people that inevitably aren't going to treat others the way that they should um, there's there there could be pretty serious financial consequences from a like a straight up like consumer perspective where the, ex- the right experience isn't delivered to the customer uh, very related to that the brand is 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 absolutely going to be in a position to suffer and in general the overarching thing to to keep in mind is that like really one of the primary things that you're Focused on creating it as a leader is a great culture inside of your organization because mm-hmm. that's where you know you're going to be more profitable if you've got a great high performance culture. You're going to deliver a better customer experience if you've got a culture that that focuses on that. Anyway, um, that culture internally, I think, is 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 going to suffer quite a bit if you as the leader aren't stepping in. And, and I would just want to bring that back to the point that you made earlier around absolutely. There's a fear in this, especially in this current labor shortage environment. Um, that you're going to piss some people off and, and, and they're going to want to leave. But what I'm suggesting is is if you are good at doing this, which we'll talk a bit about the formula in a bit, um, if you're good at doing this, like the right people are going to respect it and they're going to respect you. And conversely, those right people are going to lose respect for you and the organization if you're not stepping in when you need to. And it's been my experience and I've observed it in myself where I've made mistakes on this and I've seen plenty of other leaders around me where I, or they have failed to step in when they need to, uh, high performers talk about that and they're right. like, man, why is Joe, like the leader Joe, like, why is Joe not stepping in? Like, like, mm-hmm. like, look at what's happening he's just doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 would argue that, you know, as much as, you know, and I get it, like lot you're worried about 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 turning over certain people but i guarantee you if you're not stepping in when you and others know that you should i think that there's a lot to be lost in that that culture internally
1: agreed um who do you have them with like is there is there sort of like a, a list of stakeholders that you would have these with versus not like can you maybe just describe how to uh, how to discern who who's important enough who's valuable enough Uh, to have a critical conversation. Yeah, so in a
2: one-liner, generally speaking, it's somebody that you have a very vested interest in a long-term relationship continuing, if that makes sense. So it could be
1: an employee, it could be a subcontractor, it could be a customer. In fact, a lot of the times it's a customer. It could be a vendor, someone that you do business with. Someone that supplies materials for you or something else. Yeah, like exactly. those kind of people. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's, it's someone that you work with that, that you, you know, if you don't engage in it, it's going to negatively affect the team or a customer or a certain part of the organization. It's, it's a situation where if you don't engage in it long term, it's going to end up costing money. It's going to hurt the brand. It's going to hurt the culture. Um, and, uh, and I think another important one is like if you notice yourself getting really pissed off about something, and especially mm. when other people notice, which they often do, whether you think they about will. it or not they will because um, you'll tell
1: them you'll be venting about it, yeah, or they will see left. it
2: on your face or whatever <laughs> yeah. right it's It's someone where like you know you're clearly pissed off and other people know it it's it's a pretty important sign that um, that a conflict need needs to be had right um, I think an, an important part of the discussion though is on the flip side of this, which is like who do you not have it with is important mm. to understand and, and and it's people where it's not the situation or the individual is not important enough. So like, for example, if they're not going to stay around for a super long time, so let's just say like, you've got this relatively low level labor that is like repeatedly underperforming and you've already talked about it with other leaders or whatever in your company. And you're like, like, that person, we're exiting this person and might not be Mm -hmm. for another month because that's when it strategically makes sense. But it's not gonna be worth your energy and this mm. is true. I, I don't I don't mean that lightly. Like it takes a lot of energy to have these things well, to have mm-hmm. them well. It takes a lot of energy. So you got to be really conscious of of making those decisions of like when are you gonna engage in it and when you're not. So if if you know that somebody's you're not gonna work with someone for a super long time, whether it's an employee or a subcontractor, um, probably not worth it. Same thing if it's like a one shot deal kind of customer that where you don't have a long term recurring relationship. Mm. Um, also, not super worth it. It's it put a smile up on your face, get it done to the best of your ability, get that check, uh, <laughs> leave them with as good of a feeling as possible, and move on. Right,
1: but the um, other time you might not too. I'll just I'll just add to that would be like um, like if if it is an employee or a stakeholder that you that you do want to have a long term relationship with, but the incident is relatively minor, and that's like. That contrasts to their larger body of work, which is otherwise extremely good, if you have a really, really good employee who shows up twenty minutes late for a meeting one time you don 't need to have a critical conversation there. It would be like it would be like hey man you 're twenty minutes late, can you not let that happen again please yeah and that that 's a quick sort of that 's a small correction that is not. Um, a critical conversation. Yeah. A hundred
2: percent. Right. That, that, that's kind of a, a totally different point. So that's like in the scenario where you are working with someone for a long time, they are a key player. If this was like a serious deal, that'd be the type of individual that you'd absolutely have a critical conversation with. But yeah. you have to make these, you're gonna have to make a lot of these calls as a leader of like, like what is minor versus what is big, right? You and I were What's talking major? about this. We had like two weeks ago where our whole team together was, was in Arizona and and like you know high performer walks into a meeting 20 minutes late but super high performer proven uh the team knows they're awesome and 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 they're typically not late like i'm absolutely not going to call them out in front of a room in that situation right
1: totally um i was uh, i just want to like add a bit more of an example to this i was i was thinking through um how to show the difference on this really clearly so um if you're listening here is when you would have a, a critical conversation, here is when you would not. So if you're, let's, let's say you're uh, like a renovations contractor, um, if your client let you know that your project manager was super rude, they were super unprofessional towards them during a progress meeting, and up till now these clients have been super reasonable, you you really don't have any reason to believe they're making this up or you know have it out for your project manager, um, they just don't strike you as that type. Uh, the other thing is that over the past few months, you've noticed that with this project manager, there's been some like rudeness bubbling to the surface. Um, he's been snappy with people on site and some, some, some trade partners. Um, your office manager has also mentioned that he has become super non-communicative and short with them. You know, <clears throat> this is an example and and as well, like this latest flare up is definitely a bridge too far. This is something that is, is, is he's really crossed a line here. Uh, but if at the same time, this person left, your business would be totally screwed. So like infraction is serious. The stakes are high. That absolutely needs a critical conversation in that example. Whereas if you, you know, same renovations contractor, you hired like you hired out some some sub trade, like like flooring contractors to do the floors, um, they botched the job, they were late, their work was terrible, their professionalism was was really lacking, you're definitely not going to hire these people again, you know, I'd probably just like clean up behind them. And, and move on, I, I wouldn't bother having a critical conversation with that stakeholder. So it's just, I wanted to make that clear, because it's important that that if you're listening to this, you develop an eye for what matters and what doesn't. And, and, and you'll start to see very clearly where the stakes are high enough and, and where they are not.
2: Yeah, because Benji, the, these conversations are truly like pretty emotionally taxing,
1: right? Totally. Um,
2: and you have to be pretty good at doing the mental math quite quickly and what you are, and more importantly, are not going to engage in. So you're very strategically choosing uh, where you're going to kind of unload this energy on, right?
1: And the reason that they are emotionally taxing is because there's a bit of a process that you need to follow, which I would like to dive into now if we can, Igor. So your experience doing this, like how do you prepare for one? How do you collect your thoughts and structure them for firm but fair delivery? Yeah, great question.
2: So I think what's gonna make this the easiest is if we uh, roll it out in a relatively simple framework, like a five-step process, um, mm-hmm. that especially when you're newer to this, it's like everything, um, when your experience is lower and you're newer to something, follow a process that makes it so much easier to start and way less, uh, you know, will create way less anxiety around it. And, and when you're dialed in, when you've done like 50 reps on this or even 20 reps for that matter, you're not going to need this, but for the first little bit, use a process, um, to make this super convenient and easy for you. Uh, we've also created this process in a really nice, simple one-pager document that if, that if you go to the show notes right now, you can click to download it. But we'll walk through it in a very nice and simple framework. So five steps. The first one is uh, very simply this. You need to decide whether or not this is worth engaging in. So that is mm-hmm. the first step. And the reason that it's an entire step is that that decision is really, really important. Uh, you Again, you're going to if, if you're doing this way too much and way too often, you're going to spend a ton of your energy over the course of a year on having critical conversations all the time.
1: Yeah. And you're going to be neurotic, Like you're going to be neurotic. You're weird. Too. Yeah. If
2: you're going to think you're weird. And on the flip side, which I think is more common, if you don't think about this stuff, most people are not going to engage in it enough and let way too much stuff slide to the point where, um, it's just, it's going to become out of control. And, and if you're listening to this, I'm sure there's times when you've felt that where the behaviors just take a left turn and keep going.
1: So how, so how do you like personally decide, yeah, okay, this is worth engaging?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I'll give you a couple really important points. Um, I think that one, you need to feel into it as a leader. Like if you're, you're troubled by this, like you come home after work and it's on your mind, you're going to sleep, you're taking a shower in the morning. It's like one of the first things you think about in the morning as you're getting ready for the day. Like if it's truly on your mind and it's preventing you from feeling good as a leader, over and over again, that's that's a pretty important sign. So, like stress, trouble sleeping, you're thinking about it multiple times a day. Pretty surefire sign that 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 this could could be worth engaging in. Um, if you find yourself, it's something that you're venting about, whether it's to your spouse or to other colleagues. Um, I think that's a pretty important bit. Um, another one is like if you think that in the business, per the performance of a division. Um, the retention of people or the experience of other team members or your customer is going to be negatively affected if this goes on. Um, I think that's also an important one. They can also be like tertiary relationships, like whether it's a supplier or subcontractors. If you've got someone that could really be ticking off subcontractors that are important Mm -hmm. to your long-term success. Mm -hmm. I think so what I just said in the last minute or so, if you find yourself saying like yes and yes to, you know one or two of those and you're thinking about a particular person or situation that would be a sign
1: yeah right sure fire, and, and that would be as opposed
2: cut. to like something really pissed you off at like 11 a.m and you've like totally but then you're, over it. you're over it it's not yeah. really affected other major things differently like yeah.
1: whatever right but um critical yeah. conversations linger they linger. They linger They're there. Like, yeah, they, yeah. Week in, week out, it's still bugging you. It's still yeah. bugging you. That is like a very clear and obvious sign. Yeah. So not the critical well,
2: conversations, the issue that's causing them, right? It's, that's the, what I mean. The, the yeah. actual issue is lingering. So again, just to recap, like it's on your mind. It's affecting you and your conscience. It's 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 kind of creeping into, like you know your tone of voice, your body language, people feel it, you're thinking about it all the time, or it's really going to negatively affect other relationships, customer experience, employee experience, whatever. Yes to to any of those. It's a good sign.
1: Okay. What's the, what's the next step?
2: Yeah. So the next step is to really define. So now let's just assume you've, you've said yes. uh, This is worth, engaging in a critical conversation, what you're doing from there is you're really defining the focus of that conversation. Mm. Um, and I mean, literally, like you are uh, you are writing it out, especially for the first while. Like I might not do that anymore, but if this is kind of like your first 20 to 30 focused critical conversations that you're having, you're literally writing it out. And again, we'll give you kind of like a bit of a, um, a bit of a simple framework here. So um, with some of the things that I'm really thinking about is like, what do I really want? So meaning like mm-hmm. from the situation, from the relationship, right? So that's kind of question one in there. Like, what do you really want? What are you trying to create out of this? And what, are you, what, what is the type of behavior that doesn't need to happen moving forward? Or what's the type of situation that doesn't need to be as opposed to what's happening right now? So that's, mm-hmm. so that's the first question. Uh, the second question is, what do you really not want? Right. And, and and to be clear, that's like from the issue at hand, not like, you know, I don't want the guy to punch me in the face whenever in this mm-hmm. conversation. That's like, what do I not want to have
1: happen uh, moving forward? What's the behavior I don't want to have yeah. happen? What's the pattern I want to stop? Exactly. That's what we mean by that yeah. question. Okay. Yeah.
2: The third one is uh, what is bringing this issue to your attention?
1: Right. So Like this, like, What's obs- what, are you what are you observing? observing? That- yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: and and I say this because again, you're thinking through this and you're writing it out because this is going to form the conversation that you're going to have, very unemotionally, not charged, very well thought through. We'll get to that in the later steps, but you are like just writing out what you're what you want, what you don't want, what's causing what's causing mm-hmm. this. So the, que- the third question is is what is bringing this issue? to your attention. Um, again, all of this is in that document. We've nicely summarized all this in a nice kind of template that you can download uh, in the show notes right now. So that's the third question. The fourth one is, um, how are you you know, going to describe your motives behind this and your goals to the other person? Because the way that you communicate this is really, really important. So you want to really be thinking through, you know, how are you going to paint this picture in a way that's going to make sense to this person where they're not just like, man, Igor's is just an asshole and he's really coming down on, on, you know, on me about this. It's, it's, it's gotta be delivered. You've got to explain why in your motives behind this and how it's actually rooted in the brand promise and in your values. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the four things that you want to really define when I say define the focus and write it out. Those uh, those are the things that you really want to think about. And this is this is prior. So if I didn't mention that this is like way before having this conversation, like you've not even mentioned the critical discussion to this person yet. This is like you in your truck or in your office or whatever, answering these four questions for yourself. Okay.
1: what um, what do you do from there?
2: Yeah. So uh, the next step is, is what, once you've defined these, what you do is you really set up the environment and and this, this environment piece is really important because I think if you said to the average contractor, you're having a critical conversation or a critical conflict. I think a lot of people would take that as this like emotionally charged conflict that you're having, uh, which this, this isn't when done properly. So what you got to do is you got to set up the right environment where it's going to be a situation that's nice and private, that is calm. It's cool it's collected um so uh the first thing i do is i let the person know uh what it is that i want to talk about so you give them a heads up this can be like a phone call or it can be a mention on the job site but you let them know that there is something important that you do need to talk to them about and you want to give them just a little bit of
1: context why why is that so like why is it important not to spring it on them out of nowhere
2: yeah so I found that this works best when you give people time to process through it on their own and you give them mm-hmm. a bit of you create a bit of a time lag between when you bring it up initially and when you're actually having the critical conversation in a in a much more intentional environment and that that time lag will typically result in more emotions being diffused. Right? right. Time okay. time heals. emotions so you want to let some time elapse so you you can you can call them you can talk to them on site you you tell them generally very lightly what it is you want to talk about and you literally are going to schedule a time and you're going to set up a time when you're going to talk about it when it's focused they're not interrupted by other stuff you're not it's a 30 minutes 30 minutes typically unless it's a major conflict it could be an hour half an hour and you set up and it's going to you say, we're, we're going to meet tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Please make sure that you're free for half an hour. I will be as well. Okay. And um, and ideally you're meeting in person. So mm. it can be on the phone if it really needs to be, or, or maybe on zoom online, but like y- y- you're, you should be around these people. You typically are around these people. So it should be an in person conversation. Yeah. And, um, and it, and it doesn't need to be private, right? It's not like on a busy job site. It's not at a coffee shop. Um, you know if, 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 if the person's on site, it can be like off off to the side, sitting on a tailgate together, um, or it can be in your office. right? But it does
1: need to be private, but, is it, but it is
2: private. it's not like okay. on the job site or you know in, a, in the public area of your office or whatever. So it's private, you've set it up. and, and, he, and I'll give you one more key is that um, you've asked them to prepare some of their thoughts on the situation, right? You, you give them enough about the context of what it is so that they can
1: put together their thoughts. Like, that. so that they know it's coming because you've let them know. And then you're also saying, hey, can you just put some time, get clear on, on how this experience has gone for you or what totally. what's on your mind? Totally. Okay, I'll, I'll, cool, I'll give so. you an
2: example just very, very simply, right? You talked a bit about the project manager who, you know, your other employees and your office managers brought it up a number of times. Now major issues come up with a key, like a high profile customer. You might go to the guy, project manager, Ryan, and you say, Hey Ryan, um, listen, man, I've, I heard a bit about the situation that unfolded yesterday on site. And I, as a matter of fact, I've heard about it from the customer, but I've also heard about it from people in the office and mm-hmm. some of our other colleagues, as you can imagine, uh, this is pretty important to me and to us in the organization and I do want to need to have a focus chat with you on this please make yourself available at 11 o'clock tomorrow right. for half an hour I know you're going to be on site so I'm going to be coming by to you we're going to go just off site we're going to sit in my truck and we're going to talk about this
1: why is like the letting them know you're coming asking them to prep why is that so important because one of
0: the
2: crucial pieces of the conversation itself, which we'll talk about in a moment, is having them reflect on it and put their thoughts into it because they, chances are, if they're even half intelligent, they're going to be able to come to some of their own conclusions about why this is wrong and why this negatively affects the brand and other people's experience. And, and the reason that is so important is because then it's not all coming from you and you're not just coming down on them does that make sense mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. if a part
2: of it at least can come from them that's a game changer
1: it also it also i feel like would reduce the chances that an emotionally charged situation erupts because they've had a day or two or whatever to mull things over and and maybe cool off a bit. Yeah, cool off is a good word <laughs> um yeah. cool what what next
2: yeah so uh so that's step three um so you've you've Decided whether you're gonna have it or not. You've defined the focus. You've set up the environment. Step number four, this is where we actually have the conversation. Okay, so now it's the next day. We've met up with Ryan. We met up on site. We went for a drive just down the road or a walk. We're sitting on the tailgate and we're talking about this. Um, The first thing you do is let them talk. So it's like opener would be like, hey man, so I called you yesterday about this. You'd recap, make it really clear, make sure they understand what exactly what it is that you're talking about. And it can be multiple situations, but it's the one overarching theme, right? So Mm -hmm. you've come in with that. And the first question you really ask is like, how are you feeling about this situation? And do you really understand what we're talking about and why it's important? And all Mm -hmm. you do for the first little while is listen.
1: So having them speak first is super important. Having
2: them speak first is super important. Okay. Um, And again, this is totally different than the classic like loose cannon leader that'll i just come and unload on the guy. (laughs) Right. But you have you have them speak first. You ask them, like, why is this happening? Right. What is mm-hmm. at the root of this for you that's causing this to keep coming up?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 again, you just you're asking the questions and, and you listen and you let them unpack. And, and really what you're doing is you're exploring their perspective. Right. And, and that's where it starts. And, the, and then you what we call peel back the onion and keep asking, like, you know, what is at the root of this for you? Why is that? Are there other parts of your life that are affecting this? How does this make you feel when you get into this situation, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you unpack it, and then from there, after you've let like let them speak and really explored um, their perspective on it, what you do is you give them your perspective and, and your experience. And a good framework for this, and again, th- this is in that template that's that that that's in the PDF, that's in the in the link in the description. Um, a good framework for this is like when you do whatever, I feel. A certain way and what I need from you is this this and this because x y and z so it's like when you I feel I need because this so Ryan when you are running a site and 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 you're having these kind of emotionally charged conversations and major conflicts with our customers and the lead hand and whoever it is um, I, I feel that this is becoming to really negatively affect the brand with our customers and their experience throughout their innovation project. It's massively affecting, you know, Steve's experience in his day-to-day and his overall happiness with, with his role. And what I need from you is to really think about your emotions that you're bringing into the day, wherever they may stem from. And when conflicts arise, Uh, I need you to be able to talk through them with me before going straight to the customer or blowing up on Steve because we care a lot about the brand and we care about our customer experience and we've invested a lot into it. And as a matter of fact, all of our 45 employees have and we all care for that brand. And because I also really care about Steve and Susie and whatever's experience as well in in their work. That's why it's really important to me. So again, when you, I feel I need you to because... And then at the end, once you've really kind of fully given your point of view on it, which again, this is all coming from your prep. Remember in the previous step, you've kind of put, you've defined your focus at the end. You want to make sure and literally ask them, like, are you understanding where I'm coming from?
1: Mm, And get confirmation. And get confirmation. I want to go back to something that you said earlier. I just, it just came to me as you're kind of talking through that on the getting them to speak first part. There's a layer to this that we can't blow past. The reason I think that's so important is because, after, and I just I, we just did an episode on, on active listening and, and I, w- I was talking about this in that one. When you explore someone's opinions, feelings, mindset, attitudes, whatever, and you do it sincerely and you do it in an active way, you nod, you give them space, to express themselves, you ask follow up questions, when you make someone feel seen and understood, and you do that by getting them to speak first and listening really sincerely, it lubricates the interaction and it makes it go the way you want it to. So the feedback you're giving is way better received after they've been able to talk about it for 10 or even 15 minutes, just like get it all out, unpack it, then you come in with your piece. The level of receptivity that they have towards that is like ten times better than if you just come that you come up and say, "Hey, I got to talk to you," and then go on blast for the whole time. Hundred ten percent, hundred percent. What's um, that's four to five? What's the last step? Yeah,
2: so one more step, and this is a crucial kind of clincher. Without this, the whole process isn't going to be super effective. Imagine kind of we go through our four steps and we just end it there. That's the end of the conversation. We jump off the tailgate, close it, back to work. That's not. We, we, we've left the crucial follow-up out, right? So the mm-hmm. fifth step is once you're aligned, you build an action plan with them. Very simple, nothing complicated. There's no crazy <laughs> strategic plan here. It's just a very simple action step. Who is doing what and when? Okay, so mm-hmm. if Steve, our project manager that has a bit of a temper, we align on this, we're on the same page, we, we hug it out, so to speak at the end. And, and what I say is, Stephen, look, this has been happening like on a weekly basis. And, and I know it sounds like we're both, we both care a lot about this and, and, and we're going to figure this out. So what I would love is, let's say in the next two weeks, I know, you know, we're looking at the pattern. Something is going to annoy you in the next two weeks inevitably. What I'd like you to do is instead of having this reaction with the customer or with, with, with your lead hand or whatever, um, I want you to talk about it with me. Okay, so it's on you in the next two weeks, on the next issue that comes up, let's get on a phone call about it, and you and I together are gonna talk about it, and we're gonna process through what would be the best way to address that with this super picky, challenging customer, or with Susan at the office, or whoever, but we're gonna talk about it first before any kind of action or any kind of emotions delivered. So that's, that's that key bit is like once aligned, build some sort of follow-up
1: and action plan with them. You close with the action yeah. plan. So yeah. that's the fifth step. Um, it's, it's so good, man. And, and, and thank you for going through that, that whole example. I, I think it's, it's really valuable. I know one question <laughs> that my mind goes to. If I, if I were listening to this, I was, I'd be like, okay, Sure. That's one thing for you to like make up a hypothetical scenario and say (laughs) that these are all the steps that you would follow, like making it sound really easy and really simple. But the reality is like when when this is when these are real people, these are real individuals and situations and the stakes are really high, like it is way more nerve wracking and scary than you've made it seem right there. So so my question is, like, what do you do to quell the fear, the stress associated with these?
2: Yeah, man, it's, it's a great question. My answer is it, it's like anything else in business. When you are newer at something or you have fewer kind of reps behind you, you have less experience. you got to offset that with preparation and work. Right. And not forever, but that it, it, again, it's like, it's like anything. If you're, if you're if you suck at interviewing and you've not done it well for a long period of time, what you need is a framework and preparation. So you overprepare. It's always that balance. And when you get more skilled at something, then you kind of have the permission to prepare less. So it's like, you know, you're junior. You got to be more prepared. Um, so use uh, use a framework, the one that we're talking about here. Be pretty process focused. Focus on less so on that outcome, but that process, like hitting these five steps that we talked about, do them thoroughly, um, and uh, and just understand that, like, despite the short term feeling, the painful feeling of it, of like engaging. In a conflict, even when it's well planned out, um, it's going to be tough and know that the long term health of your business is going to be better off for it and, mm-hmm. and have that faith that that if you choose to engage in the right conflicts and only the right kind of critical discussions here, uh, five years from now, your company is going to be uh, better yeah. off
1: for that. The other thing, too, I would say is take some pressure off yourself, guys, and remember, nobody enjoys these. (laughs) Everyone struggles with them, even the most elite entrepreneurs, the business owners that you aspire to be, the people you look up to, they also wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm nervous about that conversation I have to have with Ryan at 11 today. So just we're all in the same boat here. Um, Any thoughts on just like delivery, tone of voice, energy levels, like when you're actually having the conversation with them, is there, yeah, is there a certain presence that you're supposed to have when you're doing
2: it? Yeah, so super simple on this one is the calmer, the more cool and collected, the better, right? And and that's precisely why, like if you look at our five-step framework, this is why we're not addressing things in the moment right? Where, where, mm-hmm. where the emotion and the anger often is, is, is high and we've all felt it. So it's a prepared, it's a prepared conversation, calm, cool, um, collected.
1: What's the, what's the worst case scenario here that could happen? Like, <laughs> yeah. So what should people be prepared for if things really go off the rails? Yeah. So
2: worst case scenarios is, is the girl or the guy just gets super pissed and, um, and they just like, they, freak, they out. Just freak out and and or, or they just, they quit and and the thing that I um and it's important to realize that that that's rare but it's going to be the worst case scenario and what I would say is that is a good scenario, okay? Right. Now you've really screwed up like previously in the hire if this is kind of if this is happening, but if you've done it right and you can say to yourself I follow the five step process here, I have done it diligently. I've been calm. I've been cool. I've been collected. I explained my thoughts and my feelings in a very, from becoming rooted in a very real and grounded place. And this has been their reaction. I can rest easy knowing that this is a surefire sign that this person isn't aligned with my business and my values and the way that we treat our customers and our colleagues. So that you've just like fast tracked that whole situation. Yeah,
1: an inevitable conclusion anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was headed that way. And it's good that they're out the door sooner than later. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, if you've done a good job, if you follow the process, what what will you notice? What will you feel in the hours, days, weeks that follow this critical conversation? Is there something noticeable? Yeah,
2: it's 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 kind of like with your friends, right? If if you like have like a really good and productive critical discussion or, or conflict with your friends, like this is how you build a healthy long term relationships, right? Like you go through some shit together, and uh, and what you're gonna find is over time, like you are gonna build more closeness. And connection in 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 the relationship, and and inevitably, it's it's gonna lead to increased productivity, and and they're gonna know the right person's gonna know. Like if I really screw something up, Benji is gonna be a fair and tactful leader with me. They build trust in you that you're not just gonna blow up at them, but you're gonna have mm-hmm. a caring. I think that's the important word is you're gonna have a caring conversation with them.
1: The other thing i've noticed too is when these are done well either when i've had to have it with someone or someone's had to have one with me there's actually a very noticeable boost in productivity from that employee you'll, you'll actually see them like work their ass off for a while in their in some weird way trying to like prove that conversation wrong or recoup some of what was lost in in the activities or behaviors that led to it so i've noticed you actually will see a huge boost a huge increase yeah. um you know, some vigor that they carry themselves with after you've had these. So that's another thing to look forward to. Um, I'm going to bring this thing home. Let's, let's wrap this up. I, I, I'll say this. If this conversation resonated with you, if you're reminded of people in your business, stakeholders, whether they're employees, subcontractors, <laughs> clients, or vendors, and you're like, man, I really need to talk to that person. <laughs> Take the framework print it out, laminate it, put it on your desk, keep it around, because this won't be the last critical conversation you have to have. But start practicing this process. And first of all, you'll feel 10 times better once it's done. So will the person that you have it with. And remember, you're building an essential skill for the long term running of your business and the businesses you run after that. This is something you're going to need to be good at for a long, long time. Yeah,
2: those are awesome closing thoughts, man. I I couldn't agree more. And I just want to end it with one more key point that is so important to understand is that if you are not having these when you ought to have them, you're not doing your job as a leader and the high performers in your business are going to notice. Right. So understand like you have a job to do just like everyone else in your company. You've got a defined job. And as a leader, this is a part of your deliverables and your accountabilities. So make sure you do your job.
1: Thanks for doing this with me, Igor. Awesome. Great great chat. Uh, It was super fun. Thanks, Benji. Thanks so much for watching this episode of Contractor Evolution. If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.
0: Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.